Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Now that we have that out of the way, I'm your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News, Nerd Unfiltered. Got a lot to talk about today. And, uh... Might be a long one, so strap in and get comfortable, because this is not going to be a bumpy ride. So, to start things off, finished Tomb Raider this past week, and I'm uh, about less than 10% away from being 100% done. Finished all the tombs, have most of the collectibles, but this game, like I said last week, this game is just, it's just gorgeous. The, the the visuals are just... I kept playing, and you keep going to these fantastical places, encountering different different places around Peru, in the Peruvian Amazon. And, and it's just, again, it's just beautiful. And, and these tombs, the tombs that you get to go in, these, these challenge tombs, are just sights to behold. There's one. There's one that you go into. Posted a picture of this on, on my personal Instagram account, but it's a a Spanish galleon that's been, like, is stuck in some kind of, it's like a cavern in, in a mountain. You're, you're miles, miles, miles from shore, and, and even the closest, like, river that would be able to sustain a galleon, granted it's probably been there for four or five hundred years in, in the game at least, it's got this Goonies vibe, and it's it's awesome. It is so cool. Actually, was it a crypt or a challenge tomb? I, I don't... Uh, it was a challenge tomb, excuse me. But it's just so much fun, and, and everything... It, it, it evoked a lot of uh, what happens in Uncharted 4, because there's a similar similar thing that happens in Uncharted 4. I know I know Tomb Raider and Uncharted always get, always get thrown in together, but it, it's just... The, it's so beautiful to look at. It's so beautiful to play. I can't wait for more of these challenge tombs to come out. As uh, I'm not getting the season pass, but hopefully they'll be standalone. But no, the, the, the challenge tombs are fun because they're actually challenging. They make you think. I think one of them took me, took me at least 45 minutes to figure out how to do something before I finally was like, fuck this, I'm watching a video on YouTube. But even then, I don't watch how to do everything. I'll try to figure out as much as I can before I watch, and I'll only watch for a couple seconds to kind of understand what uh, what you need to do to get to the place to finish the tomb. Um, gameplay is, is very fun. The climbing aspects, the, the uh, combat, things like that. Every weapon that you, you get, a bow and arrow, standard. Uh, you get a, a pistol, an assault rifle, and a shotgun. And each one has their different place and weaknesses and... and and uh, pros and cons, I should say. And obviously you don't get them right away. You get them as the game progresses. The shotgun comes at a point where it's very necessary um, for close quarters combat because you're dealing with this this other tribe called the Yakshil, which scared the shit out of me when I was first started playing um, in, in that part of the game, in that section of the game, because there are these creepy like fucking cave dwelling th- 
things not things they're they're humans but they've like i don't want to say devolved because they they haven't devolved in in a sense that they're still tactically smart and sound and everything it's just they they haven't advanced technology wise but they have like crazy claws that can take you out in like one hit and they climb the walls and do this crazy shit and they've like poison arrows it's fucking nuts man i was on i was tense the whole time i was playing at night so that didn't help but shit that was that was fun but then you get the shotgun and and that really helps in that situation but uh, the story the story was great to a point and it starts to it starts to go in this weird direction and then it starts to get kind of it kind of gets kind of cheesy, kind of supernaturally, because I always felt the other two were a little more grounded in terms of, of supernatural and mythical and mystical things happening. And this one kind of throws that out the window and, and kind of like ups it to 11 to a degree. I, I mean, I, I know the second one had that dude who was like alive forever and... The first one kind of dealt with that, like, the Japanese witch empress. But this one takes it to the next level with, like, types of, like, end-of-the-world type shit with with Lara being at the center because she took this dagger and needing to find a box. And I, I don't know. I just... It didn't, um, it didn't resonate with me like the other two did... I, in terms of wow, this is a really amazing story. I just everything else was cool up up until a point, and uh, it's going to be interesting where they go if they make another one because of the way things kind of all all loose ends kind of get tied up at the end of this one. So it it kind of like like I said before when I was talking about things that I was reading online about how it ties up this trilogy story and things like that. So if they do make another one, it will be interesting to see how, how that plays out and, and how things work, pull together, essentially. Definitely would still give this game an eight out of 10 because it's still fun. The story holds up to a point. It's beautiful. The, the tombs offer a great thinking challenges and, and everything like that. There's lots to do. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a couple more days before, before I get to that that hundred percent, and I got to do it quick because Forza Horizon Four comes out. And speaking of Forza Horizon Four, uh, that comes out Friday. Assassin's Creed comes out early next week. And unlike how I did with Spider Man and Tomb Raider, because both of those games are like three times the size of Spider Man and Tomb Raider in terms of gameplay and things to do and stuff like that i will get to those reviews as soon as possible for you guys i will talk about how how i'm enjoying the games though obviously i'll, I'll boot up uh, forza this weekend get as much in as possible next week i'll download assassin's creed see if i can at least dip a toe in it or so but i hope to have the majority of the story if not most of both of those uh, story mode for Assassin's Creed and as much as possible done in Forza Horizon before the end of the month when when Red Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out. And of course, Soul Calibur 6 also comes out this month, but that's a fighting game, so 
I, I can give you a, a quick and easy review on that within a couple hours um, after playing, I should say. But yeah, no, Tomb Raider, 8 out of 10. Just awesome. Please, please check that out, especially if you like the last two. That's a game that might be getting overshadowed right now because of Spider-Man and some other things that are coming out. But definitely check that out if you're a fan of adventure games, action games. If you like the Uncharted series, if you liked the old Tomb Raiders, definitely check out Shadow of the Tomb Raider. In other news, the company that claimed that backwards compatibility was a stupid thing that nobody played. Sony is releasing the PlayStation Classic December 3rd, I think it is. Or sometime in December. It's $100. It's in the vein of uh, Nintendo's NES Classic and Super NES Classic. And um, comes with two controllers, HDMI cable, no power um, plug, but it comes with a USB uh, cable, so you can plug it into any USB power source, apparently, which is kind of dumb that it doesn't come with it to begin with. But um, apparently 20 games... And they only announced about five to begin with. Final Fantasy VII, another port of that. Jumping Flash, Ridge Race, Ridge Racer Type 4, Tekken 3, awesome addition there, and Wild Arms. So, is it worth $100? Not really, because first off, they didn't announce all 20 games from the get-go, which concerns me that they might not have all 20 of those ready. And the other thing is, $100? $100! Like, even even Nintendo only charged, what, 80 for the Super NES? I mean, I understand that the games are a little more complicated than the ones that were on Super NES, but $100. Like, come on. that This is, this is ridiculous, people. $100. That's insane. I, I, I don't... I always talked about getting the NES and Super NES Classic. I've yet to actually do so. And... The other thing is, I don't know if I, I just want to know what, what games are going to be in here because that will, that will actually change my mind. If there's stuff that I never got to play as a kid and will be in, will be in the game, uh, will be on this, then, then I'm totally interested because again, PlayStation was the first console that, that I had that was mine, like not like my brother who had the uh, Super Nintendo and things like that, so I'm stoked on that. But again, it, it's it's going to be weird. The main games I played were Crash and Spyro, and I already have the remaster of those coming. If they put Siphon Filter on there, oh, I'm buying it totally, because that was one of my most favorite games, and I'd love to go back to that, um, because I don't really have a way of hooking up my original PlayStation to anything, and I don't have a memory card to save anything anyway, so... There's that. Um, got some new, more news about Kingdom Hearts 3. Got a new trailer that showed off all the uh, new mechanics, at least in terms of the Big Hero 6 level and things like that. It looks awesome. Some more stuff for the Pirates of the Caribbean levels and some other gameplay mechanics involved and, and different characters coming back from all the games. And they also uh, released the box art, which looks beautiful, which kind of goes in line with the other box arts. And I did recently purchase Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 Final Mix, as well as 2.8. Don't 
Don't know when I'm going to get to those, but I do have until the end of January to play them before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. So we'll uh, we'll see. Can't can't wait to learn more. I'm, I'm sure more is coming as time goes on. In terms of Halo Infinite, got some more news. Uh, you will not be able to get loot boxes for actual money, which is a, a good step in the right direction. Uh, I kind of like what they did with with um, rec packs and Halo 5. I, I, I'd be interested to see if they carry that over. That was an awesome thing that you could use to buy money, but it didn't affect gameplay at all. It was mostly cosmetic. I mean, it, you did get access to like weapons and vehicles, but it was only in Warzone mode, which isn't competitive in terms of ranked or anything like that. I mean, it's competitive, but it's not ranked. But everyone kind of has access at the same time, so it's not like it creates an advantage or disadvantage for anyone. And a lot of the profit, like half the profits that went into the prize pool for Halo Championship Series. So it'll be interesting how they they build from that or expand on that for Halo Infinite. But again, no loot boxes that you can buy with real world, world, world money. So that's good. Here's something weird. Twitch was blocked in China? I, I don't... I don't get this. Twitch is huge. I mean, Amazon built, bought it for, what, $2 billion a couple years ago? People love Twitch. The streamers are huge. And Ninja is the first eSport player to be featured on the cover of ESPN Magazine. Fucking Fortnite has taken over the world. All this other bullshit. But, anyway, uh, Twitch has been, been banned in China. It became the... Uh, third most downloaded app on iOS once it was released, uh, what, a couple months ago, I think they said. And now if you try to go and open the app or go to twitch.com, it just goes to nothing, I guess. And granted, this is China and their classic BS of censorship and all this other nonsense, but some people are speculating that it has to do with a free speech thing or possibly how China has this weird thing that they think gaming addiction is a problem in the country. And leave it to a communist-type, somewhat totalitarian government to make up afflictions and block things that people love and have access to see shit outside of their country. Because God forbid they know that there's a better world out there. Hey, can't win them all, right? In terms of NPD, which is a tracking uh, company, they kind of track software sales and put out the top 10 selling games for every month. Get this. Modern Warfare 2, a 10, 11-year-old game, is 9-year-old game, excuse me, is in the top 10 for August of top selling games. And it wasn't a remaster that was released or anything like that. Oh, just a little thing called uh, backwards compatibility on Xbox One was announced, which makes, which brought this game into the top 10 for top selling games for August. That's insane. That That's nuts. Like a game from nine years ago is in the top 10 for top selling games. Granted, Grand Theft Auto 5 is in the top 10 every month, and that game is five years old. But uh, I know that's going to get knocked off his perch once Red Dead comes out. But again, a nine-year-old game coming out or making the top 10 because of backwards compatibility, which kind of flies in the face of that Sony execs comment from a while back. And it's just funny that they're coming out with a PlayStation Classic when you think about it. It's uh, it's just a little ridiculous. And 
Speaking of sales, Spider-Man is actually the fastest selling exclusive for PlayStation. 3.3 million copies in the first three days. Again, that's, that's nuts. Granted, that's a testament to how many PlayStation 4s have been sold. Um, something in the realm of 50 million units have sold through, which is nuts. But surprisingly, only 3 million people bought Spider-Man. There was also a new Pokemon announced called Meltan. Someone, uh, hackers had found it in the code of Pokemon Go, uh, labeled as Kecleon, um, which is a Pokemon from Gen 3, but then people started seeing it in the game, and whenever they caught it, it would actually just turn into Ditto, it would have question marks over the name and stats and everything, and then Game Freak, Niantic, and, and the Pokemon company just came out and announced it as a new Pokemon, it's Meltan. Apparently, you have to catch it in Pokemon Go if you want to have it in Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, or Eevee Edition. Which, again, is one of the reasons I probably will not be buying those games. Because Pokemon Go, while it was cool to begin with, um, I just never latched on to long-term. Mainly because I didn't have Pokestops near my house. I stopped working at Legoland, which had like a bajillion Pokestops. So I just didn't have Pokeballs to catch anything, and none of my friends kept playing, so I was just over it. And it's definitely not going to get me back into it if it's going to force me to do stuff in there so I could have it in the Switch version of the game. Which means I'll just wait for the mainline Pokemon game that comes out next year. Until then, we do have a new legendary Pokemon, Meltan. Steel Ghost type. Looks like a Ditto with a, um, a nut for a head with something floating in the middle. So... Interesting. And some other major news is uh, Telltale Games is closing, uh, or is closed already at this point. But they were founded by former LucasArts executives, uh, started making po point-and-click adventure games, like classic uh, classic LucasArts games, and, and licensed a lot of those, like Sam and Max, Monkey Island, things like that. Made a lot of licensed games back in the day. Then started getting some licenses to major franchises like Jurassic Park, Back to the Future. And then, of course, they came out swinging with the Walking Dead game. And that kind of propelled them to the next level. However, as years went on, I I, I would dabble in some of their games. Um, wouldn't play everything. I got the Batman game, I, I tried The Walking Dead, The Wolf Among Us was a Xbox Live Games with Gold once. But but the problem was, they never updated their engine for like 6-7 years almost. Maybe longer, probably longer than that actually, forget, forget that, it was like 10 years. And some of their games started to get stale, I, I didn't finish Batman because I didn't like what they were doing with the lore. And... The games were just kind of, not boring, but they were quick. You could finish, granted they were ep episodic, so you had to wait. If you, you had to wait if you wanted to keep playing the story, or you had to wait for them to all be out so you could just knock them all out at once. And every episode would take two hours. You had different, you could, there was different paths to go on. It was almost like a choose-your-own-adventure type thing. It was all quick-time events. There wasn't a whole lot of things you could do in terms of explore, exploring or playability. Re replayability was somewhat high, but again, it was limited. But it, it, it seems that 
even with all these big-name franchises they would get. They got Game of Thrones. They did Minecraft Story Mode. Uh, like I said, they kept doing Walking Dead, different Walking Deads. They got a second Batman. They did Tales from the Borderlands. But apparently, they still were not able to get a new round of funding, which caused them to close and pretty much lay off the entire staff very last minute, very abrupt. And um, a, a lot of things are going on with this. And even their final season of The Walking Dead, apparently Episode 2, which just came out, is going to be the last one. I, I, there are rumors that some other companies are trying to step in to maybe help finish it. Their planned release of mine, uh, Minecraft Story Mode apparently is still coming to Netflix or something like that. Their adaptation of a Stranger Things type game for Netflix has been canceled. Any other future projects canceled, including Wolf Among Us 2. And, and it's a shame that a company like this has to close because I know a lot of people enjoy their games. A lot of people like that episode of content. Luckily, that, that's still a model that's moving forward. You know, you have Life is Strange and other things like that. But wasn't my cup of tea. It's unfortunate, though, that almost 300 people have lost their jobs. This is a major thing for the industry. And it, it could change the way games are made in the future. And it will be interesting to see the fallout of that as the weeks go by. And finally in gaming news, we had a slew, a slew of Red Dead information come out. And and we're not even, this is just the tip of the iceberg, folks. We got about a month, a month from today, actually. A month from today as we record and, and release when this episode episode should be posted, I should say. And ton of news regarding Red Dead Redemption 2. Here's some craziness. There will be 200 different species of wildlife, including 19 different species of horse that will all handle differently if you break them and ride them around the apparently enormous map that you will, we will all be traversing come four weeks from now. Uh, on top of those 200 species, hunting and fishing are both vital parts of gameplay. And uh, in terms of you have to keep like your camp and your gang kind of happy almost. It's like a homestead type type idea, but instead it's just going to be like a, a camp and a wagon train type deal. But fishing, you'll get to fish different types of salmon, things like that. Hunting will involve um, tracking the animal, making sure you don't shoot it too much or hit different parts of the animal because... That will affect the quality of your meat and pelts in terms of resaleability and, and eating and food viability, which, which that's insane. I, I can't even begin to, to get deeper. And I could spend a whole 45 minutes just talking about all the news that came out about Red Dead. And I'll, I'll keep it a little tight and simple. I'll start talking about more as the weeks go on, as they release more information and as we get closer to the game. And then we can actually talk about it in-game. First person... Uh, will be in the game from the start. I know that was added later on GTA 5 once the new once the new consoles came out. Uh, you'll also be able to turn off your HUD or the heads-up display for those of you not in the know. There's a new dialogue feature where you can choose different things when you interact with different NPCs, which they kind of touched on a while back, which means you can kind of interact with people in a whole sorts of different ways and uh, have a peaceful interaction. You can shoot somebody you can get run out of town if you shoot the wrong person and 
yeah, I can't wait to see. They they just they they haven't really released gameplay of that. It's just kind of a lot of people in the industry have had hands on and they've just been talking about it. Uh, major news though in terms of Red Dead. Red Dead Online will launch in November first as a beta. Uh, will work almost like GTA Online in terms of open world capabilities and and things like that. I don't think it will have the same lasting effect as GTA Online because you won't be able to do a lot of those fantastical, fanatical things you can do in GTA Online in terms of like racing and and other other type things like that. But but we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. And can't wait month out from what will more than likely be game of the year, folks. We'll see. We will see. And that's it for today's video game news. And let's talk about the movies. Let's wander down Hollywood and Vine and and see what's going on up in uh up in Tinseltown, huh? Well, we got our first look at Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker for Todd Phillips's Joker movie, which is as a, as of yet been untitled. And boy, oh boy, do I like what this looks like so far. He has more of a subdued, more subtle, grounded look. Um, pretty much just clown makeup at this point. Has the green hair. Has somewhat of a purple, somewhat of a purple suit, and. At at first, only a picture, or this uh, like a slight video was shown of of him kind of transitioning from his regular persona to his uh, makeup on, and then it kind of shows him just laughing, and then um, a video kind of came out of him actually in like a subway kind of in in action, walking around and and doing different things, and and I I really like so far what we see. Granted, we don't have a whole lot of info yet. They only just started filming, but I I don't think this is going to be the final look for him in the movie. I know it takes place in the 80s. It's separate from, from the main DCEU timeline, which is always in flux, but I don't think this will be the final look. I, I still think, even though I love how this looks and I know it's more of a face painty thing like, like they did with the Dark Knight, I don't think this will be the final interpretation in this movie i i think i personally believe i don't i don't this is probably not true i'm just speculating wildly here i don't think that this will be the final look and i have a feeling that he will take the plunge into an acid bath at some point in this movie and actually get white skin like white paper white like the color white skin not just flesh tone but but white straight up absence of color skin but again that's just my speculation i'm sure more and more will come out as the months go by as we near a release date we also got news that brian singer of x-men fame will direct a red sonia movie spinoff which is a spinoff of the conan the barbarian not much is known about that other than it's always it's been in the works for like 10 years Patrick Stewart was recently cast as Bosley in the Charlie's Angels movie. And that is kind of confusing because Elizabeth Banks is already playing Bosley. So, I don't know. What I hope they do in this is I hope they 
find a way to use John Forsythe's voice as Charlie still. It's, it'd be hard to recast Charlie. He's one of those unrecastable people. They have enough episodes and old movies to kind of auto-tune his voice together to make it work. But I don't know. In terms of movies I don't give a shit about and I'm not happy about, Space Jam 2 is a thing with LeBron James starring. But if anything's good, Ryan Coogler is producing. So director of Black Panther, Creed, Creed 2 is producing the movie. So whatever. Uh, They also announced that Terrence Nance is directing. He's done some random acts of flyness episodes for HBO. So at least there's good people attached. It's just why 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 are you doing this i get lebron's the greatest player whatever bullshit but i I don't think this is necessary hey how about this kingsman 3 has been confirmed we'll start filming in january for a november release next november awesome right no other details have been announced other than matthew vaughn is back to write and direct but like that rumor a while back it's true uh We got a director for Bond 25, Kerry Fukunaga. And if you don't know, he actually wrote and directed the first season of True Detective, which everyone loves, excluding me. I think season two is superior. And uh, I don't care what you think of that. That's my opinion. Let me have it. Everyone else can go like season one. But he is directing Bond 25. It has been pushed to 2020, though. So it will not meet its original November 2019 release date as it goes through some reworks and things like that. Got a picture for the new Chucky with Aubrey Plaza, which is separate from the TV show that's continuing the old movies. This is a reboot. And they kind of released this half silhouette look at the new Chucky doll. Surprise, surprise, uh, Don Mancini, the original creator, is not impressed and does not like it. And again, he has no involvement. Brad Dorif, who is the voice of Chucky, has no involvement. So it will be interesting to see how this plays out. Let's uh, kind of move over to the Disney and Marvel side of things. Hey, Captain Marvel tra- trailer. Wow. I love Brie Larson. And I'm stoked she's joining the MCU. She's being the MCU's first solo female superhero movie said a whole lot of words there that probably don't make sense but this movie looks good it's it's thick on the 90s especially with the whole blockbuster reference right in the beginning they got her wearing nirvana shirts fitting right in uh the de-aged colson and nick fury look amazing we get shots of the star force i think that's what they're called her team working for ronin the accuser which i'm guessing is before he's ronin the accuser which is Lee Pace, who is in Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1. and Or just Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess, because it didn't get Volume 2 until the second. Anyway, uh, Lee Pace is back. That This is now confirmed. Shots of Jude Law. Still don't know who he's playing yet. He had normal skin tone in the trailer. I'm guessing they will change it to blue at some point. Because, as we all know, Marvel likes to play tricks with us with their trailers, as we saw with Thor and Infinity War. We also saw Joman Hounsou. I think that's how you say his name. He uh, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's back as a member of the Star Force. And we got to see Captain Marvel on Earth interacting, kind of playing with, is she human, is she alien? 
We don't know her backstory all the way. We still have a few months before that comes out. Granted, this was just the first trailer. I'm already hyped. So sign me up. Coulson, Fury, Captain Marvel. I'm a, I'm in. I'm all in. Can't fucking wait for this. They're they're doing some good things here with uh, the end of Phase Three and and beginnings of Phase Four. And then Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, has uh, some hindsight in play. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, and said that while the decision was his to release a Star Wars movie every year, he kind of regrets kind of regrets that decision now especially after what Solo did and I think they were putting a lot of stress on their directors and not liking their vision and going back and reshooting and things like that so while we still will get Star Wars movies that nothing's on hold nothing's been put on hold we're still getting the movies from the, the Game of Thrones guys we're still getting the um, Ryan Johnson trilogy I think episode 9 still coming no word yet on 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 Obi-Wan or anything like that, but they just won't come out once a year anymore because that was kind of kind of too much, I think they realized. So we'll see. And unfortunately, as we all know, Episode 9 got delayed from May of 19 to December 19, so we still have a year and three months to go. Damn it, damn it, damn it. But hey, that's it for Tinseltown news, folks. So uh, let's get out of Hollywood and... L- oh, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa. Pump the brakes there, folks. Pump the brakes. I forgot to talk about a movie I saw. little something called The Predator, directed by Shane Black, which is the newest iteration in the Predator franchise. And I'm not disappointed. I'm not sad I don't want to say that I felt it was a waste of an hour and a half, two hours, uh, however long the movie was, I don't know. It went by quickly, That that's good. But I went into this movie seeing reviews, and I liked it from the start. And it was a great movie, it was great chemistry between the cast. I liked a lot of different... A lot of the different aspects that Shane Black did. A couple things were kind of dumb. Some of the, the callbacks to the old movies. But great action. Great set pieces. I liked the new design of the this super duper predator or whatever you want to call him. I liked the interactions between the people and the predators. The predator scenes were always great. I like how they kind of lift up autism as like a the next step in hu- human evolution. They give kind of... Uh, an autistic character as like the hero, things like that. I, I do like that because it, it it's these a lot of these kids don't have someone they can look up to. But with all that being said, the movie literally falls apart in the last half hour. It gets super hokey, cheesy, too sentimental, and and there's just parts I was sitting there just like, what why? Why? Why uh why are you fucking doing that? Like it was just, it was just, uh, like that. That that's the reaction I had. The just a sigh, and it, it. There's a lot of potential for it to go somewhere in the future. I I think this one's making a good amount of money that that puts it a little higher than some of the other ones. Uh, the rotten score, obviously not great, but it just. 
why why did he do that? Why did Shane Black do that? And and I just I was sitting there questioning things and you should never do that, especially, especially in the climax not the climax, the climax is like the middle. Uh like towards the end of a movie. You should never be as an audience member, a viewer, you should never be questioning the decisions of where the movie's going. And then they top it off with this cheesy ridiculous thing at the end which is almost like a post credit scene and I I don't I, I don't know I don't know why again if, if I was going to grade it I'd still give it a 7 out of 10 just for the awesome action and I connected with the characters I was upset when certain things happened to them it's like oh no and I don't know. It's just nothing will ever beat the original with with Arnold, obviously. But I'm excited to see where they take this because while while there have been missteps in the franchise, the original Predator was good. Predators with Adrian Brody was also good. This one is good as well. And excuse me, the original Predator was great. Let me just rephrase all those. But I'm excited to see where this goes. Hopefully, they can learn from the missteps and see what people didn't like and move forward with that. But let's uh, take a break from Hollywood. Normally, I would tell you to not adjust that set-top dial, but we are going to change it and head over to the local station as we talk about what's going on over in TV land. As you guys might have heard, I was talking about Hollywood. And uh, for those of you not in the know, that is a reference to BoJack Horseman. BoJack Horseman's new season released. And I'm halfway through. Folks, BoJack Horseman is firing on all cylinders. This is going to turn out to be an awesome season. And there's been some great commentary on on social things. uh, Social things like Me Too and social commentary on, on... sexual orientation, things like that. I'm not going to get too deep into it because you need to go watch it for yourself. And I'll talk about it more when I finish. But BoJack Horseman Season 5 is killing it right now. Then we also got some news uh, in terms of DC's streaming service shows. Uh, They cast Stargirl for their Stargirl TV show, which Jeff Johns is working on. Uh, Breck Basinger, Basinger, I don't know how to say her name, was cast. Cute little blonde girl, done some other acting gigs. Don't know a whole lot about her. That's all I can say. Hey, they're moving along on their shows, so that that's a good step in the right direction. Also, apparently ABC is working on an all-female Marvel superhero show uh, from the writer of Wonder Woman. So, I'm excited to see where that goes. And speaking of Marvel shows... Apparently, we will be getting a Loki show and a Scarlet Witch show on Disney Now, which is their forthcoming streaming service. And also, according to the same report, Tom Hiddleston will be back as Loki, and Elizabeth Olsen will be back as Scarlet Witch. That's all the information we have, folks. More to come. Tomorrow at 8. I'm kidding. I don't know. That That's literally all we know, and... Uh, sign me up if I'm getting a Tom Hiddleston Loki show. Be weird for him to to. Is that a step down? That's that's not a step up from TV. It's is it a step down from movies? Would he actually do that? Who knows? Find out more at eleven. How about this? Stephen Amell, uh, who is 
most most of you know as Oliver Queen on Arrow. His wife has been cast as Nora Freeze for the Arrowverse crossover coming this December. Does this mean that we have a Mr. Freeze in the works for the Arrowverse crossover? That'll be interesting. I love Mr. Freeze. He's one of the coolest Batman villains. And his uh, backstory's been changed over the years, but he's kind of a, a lost soul of sorts. You know, he's not... He, he does villainy for his wife so he can get money and find a cure. He's not a... He's not just a, a sociopathic menace out to destroy the city for, for no reason at all. No, he has a he has a goal in mind. He's trying to save his wife. And and Batman has always understood that and always made sure that uh Freeze still had the capabilities of, of researching or doing things and uh, and helping him in, in times of Mr. Freeze's imprisonment. And I, I loved what they did with the Arkham games as well, in terms of the Batman and Freeze storyline. And everyone loves uh, Batman the Animated Series Sub-Zero storyline. It's just, it's great. It's it's really great. And it, it'll be interesting to see how the crossover works. And speaking of Stephen Amell and Arrow, they actually released a clip of the upcoming season of a fight scene in the shower of, uh, well, Stephen Amell or, or Oliver is locked up in prison. And uh, you, you you think it's going to go like your typical shower fight scene in, in prison, like in other movies, but no. Oliver fights in the buff and just straight up wrecks these dudes. And the clip's available online. You should go watch it. It's amazing. And it's getting me super hyped for season seven, which we are only, what, two and a half weeks away from? Cannot wait. Cannot wait at all. And uh, to kind of round off the 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 news Jordan Peele of Key and Peele and Get Out fame is going to be hosting the new Twilight Zone show which will be starting on CBS All Access next year uh, another reason to sign up for that a new Veronica Mars show is coming to Hulu a series another series that won't die good good on Kristen Bell for keeping this going and, and the fans uh, it was on a while back, it got cancelled, then they did like a TV movie for it, and now it's actually coming back to Hulu, so that's cool. And shout out to that show, because it's filmed in and around uh, where I live. In, in uh, I live in North County, San Diego. It's filmed in another city in North County, San Diego. I will not divulge that information. Um, but yeah, shout out to them. Hopefully they come back and, and start filming in the area again. And... Um, how about this? Uh, apparently a Diablo animated series might be in the works at Netflix. Which is interesting, to say the least. And I uh, I don't play a lot of Blizzard games, I think I've mentioned before. But that will be... I wonder how that's going to work. And actually, speaking of Netflix, I don't think I talked about this last week, but... There's going to be a new Avatar The Last Airbender show on Netflix, live action. And it will actually have the original showrunners and creators from the Nickelodeon cartoon working on this. So, hopefully it will not fall into the traps that the live action M. Night Shyamalan movie did. But, look at that. We actually did not take up too much time today. Uh... 
I figured with all what we were going to talk about, it was going to take a while. I guess I might have rushed through some things that uh, probably should have expanded some more time on. Maybe we'll get to that next week. I don't know. But I, I guess uh, I guess that's it for today. 21 is in the books, people. And a lot of Red Dead news we talked about. More to come. Talked about Tomb Raider and how I really like that game. How I saw the Predator and it was okay. But no, that's uh, that's it. And as always, you can find me next week and every week, unless otherwise noted, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, also Podomatic.com. You can find me on Twitter at Nix.NerdNews. You can find me on Instagram at Nix.Nerd.News. If you want to add me on Xbox Live, my gamer tag is the Nick DeFalco, capital T H E, and and that's N I C K D E F A L C O. You can add me on uh, Xbox Live, also on PSN. I don't do online gaming on PSN though, so that's just a shout out for you guys. And uh, some other big gaming news came out. We'll talk about that next week. Just a little tease for you. As always. Like, subscribe, rate, leave a comment, drop uh, 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 a word in somewhere. You want to talk to me about something and, and pick my brain. You want me to talk about something on an episode that I missed in a, a week previous. And uh, now that we're 20 weeks in, I think I'm going to start bringing guests on. Uh, might be changing up the schedule, release schedule soon, as uh, I kind of adjust to different things going on in, in life and, and stuff like that. And uh, as always, hey, I like to leave you with a little bit of wisdom. You do you, huh? Just don't ignore the haters, man. Ignore them. Push them off. Just tell them, hey, go fuck yourself, right? And uh, you have your own opinions. You get to keep them. Don't let anyone tell you your opinion is uh, uh, stupid. I mean, they can say that, but that doesn't mean that you're wrong unless your opinion is just factually inaccurate. Because opinions are not facts, people. So you can have an opinion as long as it doesn't go against actual factual evidence. And uh, as always, I'm your host, Nick. And I'll catch you on the flip side, folks.